It's the Dogcast, episode number 236. Dogs lose to the Gamecocks, 17-6. Lattimore puts up, and we shut up. It's the dog cast, and this is show number 236, and me and Old Dog are back in the bunker. Uh, we did not venture over to steamy South Carolina yesterday. We watched it from the bunker, and boy, am I glad we did. Oh, what I mean, what an embarrassment that was, and just right off the bat, I want to let folks know that I have now changed my uh, recipe on the Grantham 3-4, it is now four ounces of McCallum to just three ice cubes. <laughs> okay. So because you, after because after that debacle, it sure was needed. I tell you, there's plenty of blame to go around for that loss yesterday. Dogs lose. If you didn't hear, the dogs lost 17 to six in Carolina yesterday, and um, you know there's so much. There's I don't know. First of all, I, I want to before we before we do that. Less, first off, less compliment. Probably the only player that actually did what he was supposed to do, lived up to his billing. Kudos to Blair Walsh. Yeah, because he performed. He did it right. And that's and that is the only player we've got that I can say performed properly. I agree. I agree. And we 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 have a lot of problems. But I'll tell you this. You know, during the game yesterday, I was so frustrated as I know all dog fans were, about our inability to stop Marcus Lattimore. I mean, you know, that's the big story of the game. Marcus Lattimore's coming out party, 37 carries, and, you know, 180-something yards. 182 yards, two TDs, and when we needed it most, on the last drive of the game, they handed the ball to him eight times out of, I believe, 12 plays, mm. and he drug our ass down the field for 56 yards. How many damn times did you see us hit him at the line of scrimmage and then watch him carry? He carried D'Angelo Tyson. Well, Help. let's see. He carried the ball 37 times, so I would say I saw that happen 37 times. Yeah, but you didn't see him fall down at the line of scrimmage very much, did you? But no. As bad as that was, though, I want to come out. I, I want to get on the record first thing. I'm not here. I'm not like, oh, my God, our defense is awful. Because, look, and granted, the tackling, we did suffer a huge setback, huge regression in tackling. I saw – and I also want to say, look, we make – I try to have a policy not to name specific players because I know I know for a fact that a lot of players listen to the Dogcast. And I also know for a fact that the reason that the players like the Dogcast is – and I'm not – I'm quoting a player here, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. But I've heard – I've had a player say to me, players like to listen because you guys tell it how it is. We are not blowing smoke up your ass, okay? We're, this is re- what we really think. 
this is not, you know, Buck Blue and Chuck Dowdle going, hey, tough game there, coach. You know, we'll get it together. But I saw Bakari Rambo yesterday do things that I thought we had put to rest with Brian when Brian Evans left. I saw guys missing tackles, waiting on tackles, waiting for the ball carrier to come. <laughs> you know, D'Angelo Tyson tried to tackle Marcus Lattimore. He jumped on Lattimore's back, and Lattimore said, you know, let's me and you go ahead three or four more yards. Yeah. You know, and, and talking about Rambo real quick before we go, uh, I I am absolutely positive after his just lackluster play. I mean, I saw two or three plays where he just actually gave up. Uh, you know, one long pass, couple runs, things like that. He's quoted as liking to go for the kill shot, mm-hmm. you know, which is that, that great fundamental thing that we all learned in high school where you just try to use your body as a battering ram and knock the guy down. You know, the old, the old missile tackle, right. which we have talked about ad nauseum. You know, you gotta lock up, but, but more important, I think, than the coaches getting on them, because that's neither here nor there. Whoever is taking the role as a defensive leader on a team as a player, someone needs to pull that kid aside and chew him a new asshole. Cause I tell you what, if he's playing like that, I wouldn't want him on my team. I don't want somebody giving up, you know, out there for his own glory. I mean, Veron Haynes, Called him out, said, you know, said the kid was loafing. Well, and, I, and plus, I want to say too, because I don't listen, Rambo. We're not. I don't want you to think we're picking on you. We're calling you out because we, because I, I do like you, and I know you're a good bulldog, and I know you can do better. I'm not. I'm not singling you out. We're calling you out, dude. You, you, and guys like Christian Robinson, man, Demarcus Dobbs. You know, did his job yesterday. I mean, we had guys, and Daryl Gamble was playing his tail off yesterday. But we need everybody on defense to be playing their tail off. We need everybody on offense playing their tail off. We we can't have another showing like that we had yesterday. And from people in the stands, it was just there was just not a whole lot of energy on the team. We did we we just seemed to be you know sleepwalking on the sidelines and on the field, and and you see what happened. 23 first downs for South Carolina, 11 first downs for Georgia. I mean, I could read the box score. Time possession, 35 to 25, you know? They were in the first half. I mean, this is just how bad it was. And really, it was a tale of two halves because I will say this. It was a a 3-3 tie in the second half. That's exactly right. And that's where we're going next. We did make some adjustments. We did do some things, although we did get – you know, I don't know what happened on that last drive, but we had a, and we'll talk about offense in a little bit. In the first half, South Carolina was seven for nine on third down conversions yeah. and nine for 14 for the game. Man, we can't, you can't have that. Well, you know, Coach Grantham has said all along, and everybody who knows anything about football knows that one of the most important stats for a defense is their ability to get off the field. And when you talk about getting off the field, that's what you're talking about. It's third down efficiency. Our third down efficiency was 27%. We were 3 yeah. of 11 for the game. The Gamecocks were 9 of 14 for the game. And that has everything to do with about a defense imposing its will. And like I said, I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm tr- trying to single out the defense. I'm trying to call out the defense because I know damn good and well 
that they can play better. I know they can play better. And they're going to have to play better because we've got a lot more football left this year. Now, but having said that, old dog, as you said just a minute ago, as you alluded to, we made some adjustments on defense at the half. And for the second half, we played them to a 3-3 tie. The defense did what it needed to do to keep us in the game. And i got to tell you, old dog, you go into an opposing SEC stadium on the road, and you hold a team, a base, I know they got a field goal late, okay, I know that. But we basically held them to 14 points for most of the game. And we, we, they went scoreless in the third quarter. You hold a team to 14 points through three and three quarters of a game, by God, you ought to be in it. And that's where, that's why I'm telling you, I'm not as mad about the defense as I am about the offense. Because let me tell you something, we were never going to win that damn game with six points on the board. We were never, no. we were never going to win that game running up the damn middle time after time after time after time. It's third and nine. Hell, it's third and twenty-nine. Let's just run up the middle and run up the middle and run up the middle. And if it doesn't work, let's run up the middle seven more times. And if it doesn't work, we'll run up the middle a couple more times. Play calling was as bad as I've ever seen it. And yeah. our execution on offensive line, clearly not having A.J. Green, and I'm, you know, I thought going into the game not having A.J. Green was a big deal. It wouldn't be too big a deal, but obviously Ellis Johnson had an extra guy in the box, and they committed to stop the run, and they determined before the game we are damn well going to stop the run. And, and they did, but... You know, that did not concern Bobo because the game plan called for running up the middle, you know. And I'm really yeah, disappointed I mean, with the play calling. Well, and not just that, but but I tell you, too, I'm disappointed that we actually got whipped on both sides of the line of scrimmage, too. I mean, our our run blocking uh, was abysmal. It was. There's just there's just no better way to, to put uh, the, the O-line did a did a fairly good job. On protecting Murray and pass, I'd give them a B on that. But I tell you, you got to give them a failing grade on uh, on their run blocking. Absolutely. I mean, the the only yards that Ely made was running outside. And I mean, maybe we need to go back and show some film of Georgia's bread and butter running play, the toss sweep. Yeah. Because it's I a mean, lost art in Athens right now, it seems it, to be. It really is, and I mean, it just it just can't continue. Well, you know, like it was. And I know you love running, and I love running too. But you know, and, and, and we Steve, didn't do and any Steve call Spurrier, <laughs> And Steve Spurrier and the Gamecocks proved my point. Uh, and I tell you another thing too is all this damn. You know, I, I know you're in love with Coach Rick a lot more than I am, but but our offensive folks need to look at that. Marcus Lattimore carried the ball 37 times, and I didn't see a whole lot of switching in and out. Yeah, you know, he this, wasn't I'm coming gassed. Out on i got to go to the sidelines. He wasn't coming out on crucial third down plays when he needed to drag somebody two or three yards. And, uh, you know, I'm going to call myself out, too. You know, I'm sitting here joking when we were doing the other show, you know, saying, yeah, you know, we're going to see what happens when Lattimore gets hit by a full-grown man. Well, we did. You know, he's going to drag him three or four yards downfield before he goes down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, and, and take nothing away from him. That kid's going to be great. Uh, he's 18 years old. He, yeah. He's a damn. But I tell you, yeah, the 37 carries, man, when was the last time you saw a Georgia running back carry the ball 37 times in one game? That, that, that just, 1982. That would, yeah, that would just not, that just would not, 
it wouldn't cross our mind. We, we don't in in Athens right now. We just don't. It, I don't get the feeling that we think it's even possible for a single back to carry the ball 37 times. It, it doesn't even damn cross our mind. We have, you know, this guy gets one carry, that guy gets four carries. Now Ely had 19 carries yesterday, which is a, you know about all any back could ever hope to get in Georgia's scheme right now. But um, and the only reason that was because King was out with a bad ankle. Sure, sure. It'd have been 10 and 10 if if King had been able to play. Yeah. But here's the other thing, though, Coach Old Dog. Aaron Murray averaged about 14 yards per completion yesterday. That kid was making the throws. I mean, we had some drop balls. He only had seven incomplete passes, though. He had seven incomplete passes, 14 complete, and he averaged 14 yards per completion. I'm telling you, I'm just really disappointed that this kid, Aaron Murray, Aaron Murray is a better quarterback than we're even allowing him to be right now. And, yeah, Coach Rick has said after the game, you know, Hell, I think we need to open this offense up a little more. I think Aaron Murray's capable. You know what, Coach Rick? That would have been a freaking great thing for you to think of at halftime yesterday. Or maybe even the damn middle of the second quarter. That would have been a great thing to think of back then. You're not helping us very much, Coach Rick, to think of it Sunday morning. Okay? Yeah. We need that kind of stuff come out earlier in the day. Yeah, and you can't you can't protect a player. You can't game plan to protect him because we have done a poor job of recruiting quarterbacks, and we didn't have anyone to step in when Stafford left. Mm. Um, you know, and and so and I, I imagine Bobo and Rick get in their office and just twiddle their thumbs and bite their nails, and it's like you know, oh, what in the world are we going to do if Aaron Murray goes down? So we need to tell him, don't run, you know, don't. Do, I mean, you got to let the kid play his game. That's playing not, yeah, that's playing not to lose. That's yeah, like, basically that's to prevent. You're trying to prevent something. That's playing not to lose, and that ain't going to work. No, we got to let and, we got to turn Aaron Murray loose and let that kid make plays. If he wants to run, if he wants to throw, you remember after the Lafayette game, we were like, oh my gosh, Aaron Murray had 44 yards rushing. We we can't have that. He's got to throw it away, or we got to keep him in the pocket. Well, man, let Aaron Murray play his game. You know? Yeah, let Aaron. That Murray kid's be got Aaron game. Murray. We yeah, let Aaron Murray be Aaron Murray. I'm all in favor of that. And uh, and definitely we need to put Washon Ely on the edge. More toss sweeps, more throwing, and we got to get those damn offensive linemen to, to working. Something we got to do something like their light of fire under their butt. And well, what we do, and and in turn, and, and I'm sure having seen uh, Grantham on the sidelines, I would imagine this week they're going. They're probably going to be a whole lot of tackling drills. Yeah, but I think that was probably. You know, and then we'll get off of the defense. Uh, but probably the biggest thing that I saw that was really just disgusting to me was the fact that, that we went away. We didn't lock up. We were in position to make plays and just didn't do it. I agree. But, you know, and I mean, like I said, though, you know, the, the takeaway from the game yesterday for me wasn't just that our, that our defense was bad. I'm not dragging the defense because I, I feel like the defense did, did a pretty, I mean, they didn't stop Marcus Lattimore, granted. But still, you hold a team to 17 points, you hold them to three in the second half. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, ready to damn just quit on the defense. Defense has got work to do, but the offense right now is what we where we really need help. Well, We've, and the thing is too, if you had told me before the game, before the season started, that we'd hold South Carolina seventeen points, 
I tell you, we're we're winning. Yeah. If I told you before the game, if I told you we were going to go into South Carolina with 10 returning starters on offense, plus Aaron Murray, and we were going to score as few a points as we've scored in more than 100 years, it's been over 100 years. 1904 was the last time South Carolina held us to that few of points. That's a problem, okay? You can't talk about time. You can't hang that on Marcus Lattimore, although time possession is a big deal. You can't no, hang you the can't six hang, points on them Marcus Lattimore. And you can't hang it on the defense either. You can't hang that on the defense either, exactly. It ain't Todd Grantham's fault that we didn't score but six freaking points. And, you know, I know it's a different game if Ely doesn't fumble on the two and we go for two and it's a tie ball game. And Yeah, yeah I, but but, you know, you got that, but also... You, we got to fumble out realize of, we, well, we, we fumble got, out of Garcia on their own 20 also. So I mean, that's, that's right. A, that's and a that's wash. the reason Ely, that's the reason we were down there when he fumbled. Right. You know, if if Justin Houston doesn't strip the ball out of Garcia, they're probably going in and scoring a touchdown and and the Ely fumbling at the 4 is, is a moot point. Right. The Ely fumble's a wash. So don't hang your hat on that bulldog fans, okay? We've got to do better on offense. And it starts with the play calling and it starts with up front with the offensive line and it starts in the on the sidelines with the play calling. That's it where does. we got to get better. And I got to I want to yeah, take a breath cuz I'm going to bring something up that you know, we've gotten criticized for before we had this one reporter up at Gainesville, Georgia, you know, called us out. I think, you know, just trying to treat us like we were idiots or whatever. Two years ago, we talked about our strength and conditioning program and that it was not up to par with the other SEC schools. And I still stand by what we said that it is not. And Marcus Lattimore, and we keep calling his name, he had a quote after the game. He said, our offensive line was in he didn't talk about want need or anything else he said our offensive line was in better shape than their defensive line and i'm going to tell you their defensive line was in better shape than our offensive line you and i have been beating the drum for the past two years that dave van hallinger and his cohorts are not providing the program that our athletes need to compete with the big boys in the SEC. Well, and I tell you, old dog, I'll take it one step further too. And we can people can say what they want to say about us, but I, you know it don't change the facts. Not it's not just Van Hounder and the strength program, but it's also our training staff is a little too damn free with the green jerseys. If you remember back in fall camp, and this it's telling on us now, but I mean you know we are we are just all too happy to hand out a green jersey to anybody at any time for any reason, and. You know, those green jerseys are great, and we're keeping guys fresh, and we're keeping them for the season. But at the same time, when you get knocked on your butt in an SEC game, and you're looking up from the turf wondering what the hell just happened to you, well, I'll tell you what happened. You missed 10 out of 14 fall practices in fall camp. That's what happened. You're sitting over on that freaking bicycle on the sidelines, and I'm just, you know, that's just not getting you where you need to be. So um, yeah, we're we're not where we need to be in strength and conditioning still. And Marcus, Lan- and, and here's another quote for you. Though, I got another quote from Lattimore. Shoot. Quote: We had a high tempo, and they were just standing around. We were running the ball right up the gut, and they didn't know what to do. That's a quote from Marcus Lattimore after the game. This kid is 18 years old, man. 
He's 18 years old. He was playing high school ball for Burns last year. And he's talking about how he's got a high tempo, and our guys on defense are just standing around not knowing what to do. But I got another quote for you, too, old dog. <laughs> how about Steve Spurrier? He's all happy with himself now. He's won twice. He's beat the Bulldogs twice since he's been back. The Gamecocks have beat us three times in ten years, and, you know, they're world beaters now. Quote from Coach Spurrier, that little inside zone play, I guess the NFL doesn't run that play. That's a new little scheme for Grantham, I guess. I'm sure they knew we were going to run it, but they sure didn't know much about how to stop it. Thanks, thanks, Coach Spurrier. I, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, he's they're, just a—they're just, just an arrogant prick. <laughs> I know, aren't they? Just great. They're great with the quote after the game when they win, aren't they? You don't see much of them after when they lose, though. Absolutely not. But you know, I mean, you know, summing it up, uh, some of the stuff is fixable. I mean, I think our for you know, I just hope that our lack of fundamentals on defense it was an anomaly and. I, I mean, I know we can tackle. Mm -hmm. I know we know how to lock up. I mean, we were in position. We just, you know, didn't didn't perform like we were supposed to. And I think the players know that too. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think any of them were happy with their performance. Yeah. Um, you know, someone needs to someone needs to. I don't know what they need to do to Bobo to to get a game to get a game plan called. Maybe he needs to be doing some up downs. Maybe he, he needs that. to do some damn up downs. Maybe he needs to run some wind sprints. I don't know. He needs to do some mat drills. He needs to but, be doing something. But but those are fixable. But I'm telling you, the, not being in condition, that's not something that you can fix overnight. You're right. But now I know, and plus old dog, I know you don't ever give the offensive guys any love. But hey, my my receivers, my boys, Chris Durham. Three catches, 76 yards. Marlon Brown, averaging 20 yards a touch. Logan Gray, averaging 11 yards a touch. Tavares King had three catches, averaging about 10 yards of touch. Receivers did a good job. Orson Charles kind of let me down with a couple with a little drop there and had some juggles and stuff. It wasn't Orson Charles' best day by any means. No. The rest of the receiving core, you guys did a pretty good job. I called you out, asked you to step up, and you guys caught the balls that were. I mean, you know, I think the receiving core did a pretty good job with AJ's absence. I just wish they'd gotten more balls. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's something. Something. Yeah. You know, on that. I Something. mean, you know, we need to loosen it up. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about our punt return game here for a minute. Uh, you know, thought punt maybe our woes were. How much, what is there to talk about were, on punt return game? Well, you know, again, you know, we, we, I just don't know what goes on there. <laughs> you know, here was a situation, you know, with, with your boy last year who just, just loved to, to catch a ball at the goal line. Now we've got a guy that if he catches it and he isn't near the goal line, shit, he'll run to it. <laughs> he had two punt returns for a total of four yards yesterday. You know, I tell you what they need to do is they need to get some film of Jeff Pybert. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, when that son of a gun caught a punt, he first off, he never fair caught one. And second, he never backed up. His first move was straight ahead. Sometimes he got knocked on his ass, and sometimes he ran for a touchdown. But I'm telling you, that guy caught the ball, and he went forward. And that's what you need to do. 
<laughs> I can't I argue mean, with that, old pretty, dog. It's pretty damn I'm not arguing. I know. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not arguing with you. Brandon Smith didn't have his best day ever returning punts yesterday. No, and and I tell True. you what, on that on that one that one little hitch pass where he came up on that receiver, I hope the team didn't spend a whole lot of time looking for his jockstrap on the floor of William <laughs> Price Stadium because he certainly lost it when that boy went right by him. Uh, yeah, you're right, old dog. I know. I know. It was a tough day. It, it was. It, was, it but, was a tough day for the dogs. But the end times, the end times are not here. I, I think this is a good learning experience for us. I'm glad we got out of the way. South Carolina has a really tough schedule. I don't think South Carolina is going to run the table. I don't think Florida is going to run the table. All is not lost. Come in off the roof. Come in off the balcony. It's not, it's not the, the only, end times yet. The only thing that we left on the, on the floor of William Bryce Stadium is our national championship hopes have been dashed. Right, much like Boise State's after the Virginia Tech loss yesterday. <laughs> but but Sorry. we do. But but I tell you, the end times are right around the corner if we play like this again. Yeah, for the I player, mean, yeah, and for the players out there, look, we're we're not mad at you, we're not picking on you, but you guys you guys got to pick it up. We can't have another game where we're down like that. I mean, everybody's got to pick it up, fans included, yeah. fans included. The coaching staff's got to pick it up. The fans have got to pick it up. We can't go into the dang, we cannot go into Sanford Stadium this weekend and be screaming, our offensive line sucks on the first series. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we got to stay behind the team. We've got to, we've got to pull for the Bulldogs. We got a lot of football left this year. So I don't want people burning people in effigy and that, you know, we, you know, we got a lot of football left. So, you know, come in off the balcony. Coming off the ledge, and uh, let's get our head together and get ready for this Arkansas game. Is it okay if I stick a pin, though, in my uh, Mike Bobo voodoo? <laughs> you can stick a pin if it's below the waist, okay? But you got to stay below the waist because we need the guy. We need everything up. We need his We need his head in the game. Well, take, you take know, out a knee or something, maybe. You know, maybe we need Coach Rick to go back to being the offensive coordinator. Hmm. I'll just let that lay out there, old dog. I'm just going to let that lay. You've put it out there. I'm going to let it lay out there. Um, I, I you know, no we got a, we've got a lot of football coming up. We're going to have a tough game against Arkansas. I mean, that was a shootout last year. Uh, we're not going to win a shootout again, I don't think. Yeah, but you know what? I'm telling you. Um, I think we are, I think we may have a, we, I think we're a better match. I, I want to think this. Maybe I'm just crazy, but. Uh, Arkansas is, I don't, I don't know. You know, they struggled with Louisiana Monroe yesterday. I'm not, I'm not sold on Bobby Petrino by any means. I know he's got a pretty good defense over there and he's not used to having this good a defense, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We just, we can beat Arkansas if we play Georgia football. Yeah. We if can we beat, play, if we just play up to our potential. Absolutely. We can we'll definitely beat Arkansas. We can beat Arkansas. We can beat Mississippi State. We can go to Colorado and win. Uh, Tennessee looks pretty vulnerable to lots of different things right now. Tennessee is, I don't know what Tennessee's doing right now. Um, but we've got to play better football. Ain't no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. And we can't take anything for granted. No, and, no, we can't take anything for granted, baby. You got that right. You know, and, and we need to play good, sound, fundamental football. And that is something we did not play yesterday. Yep. 
And that's pretty much all I got to say about it. Uh, that's that's about all I got to say about it. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Defense got to no. play better. Offense got to play a lot better. Oh, absolutely. And we've got to get a lot less conservative with the play calling. Aaron Murray is not made out of China. You know, we got to put his ass to work. Yeah, and we got to realize that that there is you can run outside of the tackle. Yes, 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 you can. Both the quarterback and the running backs. All right, dog fans. Old dog, you got anything else? I, I, I'm done. I gave my two. No, quotes. man, that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, I just I tell you the one thing though that does concern me, and we need to watch is is this conditioning thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, we we ran we ran the defensive coordinator off and some other folks. Van Hallinger, I'm gunning for you. <laughs> Absolutely. I have. I do have two more things. Two, two. Your your head. Your head will be on the wall here at the bunker, along with the rest of them. On the on the dead to me wall. Um, and speaking of dead to me, I have a couple of things. I, I have a. I have a couple of th- couple other things I want to talk about. Really not related to the game. One. Um, this message goes out to AJ Green. Okay. This whole you guys. I, I'm not cool with AJ's. Tweet yesterday, old dog. I know you're a big fan of. Uh, I know you're a huge fan of Twitter. You know. Yeah. But um, AJ, after the game yesterday, AJ tweeted that he, the quote was, "I'm sick." I saw this on my Twitter feed. He said, "I'm sick," and then he says, "But we'll bounce back, and and when I get back, somebody's gonna have a price to pay. Trust me." And I get. It. I know what AJ's trying to do with this like bravado, and he's trying to keep his morale up and he's saying I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a beast and everything you know but I would rather just see AJ do that and not talk about it so much before the fact you know we yeah. don't we don't need the trash talking tweets because it's still going no matter what you know we've oh you know uh AJ's uh, uh what, the appeal yeah the word I'm looking for is appeal his appeal hearing they're saying the soonest it's even going to come up is this Tuesday but hopefully we're trying to get the thing with the appeal going he may possibly be available for the Arkansas game I, I don't know but they're trying to appeal it it won't be before Tuesday I hope they do and I hope AJ wins and I hope he makes somebody pay I'm not saying that, but I don't want. I just don't think AJ should be saying that. I don't think he should be talking about it. Let's just get it on the field, okay? No, let your actions. Let your actions speak. Yeah, exactly. Just because I'm just afraid he's going to say something, or I, I don't know. I just don't want him to say something that uh, gets him in trouble or anything like well, that. Well, and and it goes back to one of my favorite quotes from the great Granny Hawkins out of the movie The Outlaw Josie Wales. <laughs> All that big talk don't mean doodly squat that's true exactly we gotta and, get aj back on the field and and that that just sums it up right there and i do like uh we've got a couple listeners that think there may be a little conspiracy theory on this jersey buying that they took advantage and uh some boosters from another team just went ahead and, and set all aj up well yeah you know there's a lot of people i've heard that from lots of different quarters i don't know they're talking about the best thousand and, and i tell you spent. what and i tell you what if they did my hat's off to him, and I wish we had thought of it. <laughs> I wish we had a Marcus Lattimore jersey mm-hmm. down here in the bunker, and he hadn't played. Yeah. Well, I tell you, um, yeah, but I got another, I, don't, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. That's just crazy talk, just conspiracy theory crap. Who knows? That's all water under the bridge. I mean, to me, that's all and, retro stuff. The only thing that matters exactly. now is what gets AJ back on the field as soon as possible. That's the only yeah. thing I care about right now. How it happened, who did it, who set him up, blah, blah. That's all just talk. But um, I just want to send out my heartfelt condolences to the people of Macon. 
Macon, Georgia, old dog. Great city. Great city of uh, in the state of Georgia. But uh, they used to have a sports reporter down there named uh, David Hale who wrote the uh, Georgia Bulldog beat. He was great columns. Great columns. He was one of the very best beat reporters that Georgia ever had because the guy, he dug deep. He brought up. Stats that you just, he did, he was just doing stuff, going above and beyond in ways that other reporters weren't doing. And well, and the thing I liked about him, a lot of times he would come up with the, he was an avid listener mm-hmm. and he would, he would get the stats that backed up some of the ramblings. Right, because we're just, we, we have no idea what the hell we're talking about. We're just in here rambling, making stuff up off the top of our head, you know, coming, shooting from the hip, coming off, coming out of the gut, you know? But uh, David Hale was great at backing us up, you know. But he was replaced by a guy named Seth Emerson. And I got to tell you, Seth Emerson, if if I were the sports information director for the University of South Carolina, and I thought, man, what would what can I do? You know, I mean, if I had if I said if I handpicked, you know, the the insurgent or the the mole or I don't know what if I if I handpicked the the guy that I thought would do the worst job or do the best job from a Gamecock standpoint or from the opposing team standpoint, um, I couldn't have picked a better guy than Seth Emerson. Uh, Seth Emerson gets his picture on the wall of the bunker as, as the, the, he's the king of the dead to me this week. Seth Emerson is the worst beat reporter that is covering the Bulldogs right now, and I'm not going to be happy until his ass is run out of Macon on a rail. Run his ass right back to the sports information office of the University of South Carolina where he came from, okay? Because Seth Emerson is awful. So... um Anyway, if you're following him on Twitter, if you're following the old David Hale thing on Twitter, or if you're reading his blog, or if you get him where it says, uh, you know, the Bulldog blog, if you're thinking that's David Hale, it's not David Hale. That's the Sports Information Office from the University of South Carolina. And um, he's awful. And I want you guys to start reading Mark Weiser from the uh, Athens paper, or, hell, you could read anybody. Hell, you could read Mark Bradley. And get more and better information about the Bulldogs than you're getting out of Seth Emerson. Lord have mercy. I'm not but of kidding. course your but of course your main source for information, as always, needs to be the dog cast. Oh yeah, I'm talking about printed word. If you're if you're if you're doing this whole you know if you're actually you know reading stuff like they did back yeah, who, in the, in the 19th anymore? century. I know if you if you're still stuck, I don't even do that. If you're stuck in the 19th century getting your dog news that way, <laughs> God. Anyway. You're just, you're yeah. probably dead. You, you'd be better off to read Mark Bradley than Seth Emerson. So, anyway, that's just my two cents on that. So, tough game, uh, except for everybody except Seth Emerson, who was delighted with the Georgia Georgia loss. And um, Bulldogs will be back uh, Wednesday night with the pregame show to let you know everything we need to do to get ready and beat the Arkansas Razorbacks. Coming to town for yet another noon kickoff. So excited. We don't know yet if it's going to be on ESPN or the Deuce, but it is going to be a noon kickoff for the Bulldogs for the third straight week. Old Dog, you got anything else? Yeah, only one thing I can say is, and this is, I think, something we all need to take to heart. No matter what happened yesterday, I'd still rather be a dog than a cock. Isn't that the damn truth? Yeah, that brings, yeah, absolutely. Their grand total of wins for the last century, uh, 15. They've got 15 wins against us all time. So don't worry about it, Bulldogs. It's gonna, the sun's gonna come up tomorrow, okay? Yeah. 
Dog blind, f- blind hog finds an acorn every now and then. Absolutely. Dog fans, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Give us a call at 706-363-0210 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. We love the feedback. We love your links. We love all the news. Everything you guys can tell us, we really appreciate it. We love all the feedback, especially from the players. Thanks for listening, guys. Go dogs. Hey guys, uh, Brazelson Dog here. Pretty tough one today. Um, I know you guys are probably pretty fired up about it as much as I am. A couple things. Um, some freshman mistakes by the quarterback today, throwing back across the field and doing some, doing some things that young, young quarterbacks are going to do that are not accustomed to playing. Um, I think those are things he'll get better at. Definitely get better at. Um, I saw some pretty suspect play calling by Coach Bobo, and I'm not going to start trashing him, but, you know, you got second long, and, you know, you're inside, uh, you're inside an opportunity to maybe put up some points, and we're, we're just running, running, uh, inside zone plays and stuff, and doesn't make much sense, but I guess that's why they get paid, uh, get paid the big bucks. Uh, wonderful opportunity next Saturday to see how these guys respond, and see, uh, see how this coaching staff prepares these guys i think we're going to do fine guys we're, we're certainly still in the hunt uh so let's get them go dogs hey Derek, old dog this is dog has technical support washington dc a few hours after the game because if i called right after the game you would not be able to play what i wanted to say on a family style podcast let me tell you Yes, I know the D didn't look as good as it should have, and yes, this this kid running back, whoever South Carolina had, was very good, but they still could have won the game. How could they have won the game? By getting Bobo to get his head out of his behind. You don't go down the field four for four and start running the passing and then start running the ball. If passing is what works... And if passing is moving the ball, and you're not moving the ball running, then pass the damn ball. Bobo, if he needs to to get this straight in his head, I'll be more than happy to come down to Athens with a baseball bat and pound this into his head. We've complained about this his play calling before, and this is... We're not, we just started the season like crap because of it. It's time for Bobo to either step up or step out. And I think Rick needs to get a handle on this before there is a Bulldog revolt.